As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Hanging out in the studio with everybody today. Hi. What's up, everybody? I'm in trouble today. Nothing. But that's okay. We're just having a good time hanging out. Had a great weekend. Got a great guest in store today. Can you today. feel it in the air? Oh, it's here. You cut it with a it's knife. It's like cheese. You? Yeah. <laughs> it's like cheese. The cheese donkey. <laughs> cheese donkey. There cheese is. donkey. See, we just full back. circle. Full circle. Hey, Patreon question of the day. What is one thing people would never know about you just by looking at you? Is that for me? It's, it's, for all, the, it's all of us. All of us. If you got one ready yeah, it's all ready of us. fire, send it down range. Uh, most people do not know that I sing and play guitar and, uh, I've actually played in, in a whole bunch of bars throughout my day, my career. So sort of, a, a amateur singer songwriter. And you got a piano in the background. You play that thing? Play the piano. Yep. Taught myself. Really? Can you read music or you just play by sound? Can't read a note. Just play by ear. 
All right, then we're going to get into this, man, after we... All right, go with what's your... Can you go first? <laughs> I, <laughs> try to figure it out why? still. Why? Because you were born Both first? Both trying to figure it out. <laughs> why? You, <laughs> because you came in here first? Well, I'm going to see if it's the same one as you got. It can't be, because I just accomplished it. What was the question? What is one, oh, one thing... thing you don't think you know about? I sang in, in uh, the church choir last Saturday for the first yeah, time would, ever in my entire never, life. Would never know. One thing that wow. nobody would know about you by looking at you. Just by looking you. at you, yeah. I don't look like I come across like I sing in the church choir, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. What you got? I look relatively I look relatively athletic, but I have no athletic Who told you abilities. That? I mean, <laughs> well, damn. Well, God dang. Who told you I'm that? out of here. I'm out. Pass the mic. Out of here. Where the hell did you hear that? <laughs> God dang. Girl, you walked into Dude, that you walked one, right into that, man. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. John, what you got? Um... I can actually cook pretty good. I don't think I look like I could actually make a really oh, good man, meal. Oh, man, you look like you could barbecue. Yeah, yeah. mountain man style. But yeah, here. I can barbecue, but I can actually like cook, Like too. really cook? Like really cook, yeah. My wife's, she's the manager at Olive Garden, so. What? Whoa! She's always like. Really? Cooking. What? Yeah, yeah, really. Right now? Yeah, it's like. Dude, you've been sitting on that for a while, man. I have. It's like, <laughs> in the, in the, that's his favorite restaurant. Every, all the oh, time we're yeah. driving down, he's like, Endless yeah. breadsticks? Like, we, we don't go to Olive Garden. Yes, exactly. We go to Olive Garden. <laughs> like, well, we can now, because guess who? I know the manager's uh, wife, husband, whichever you are. How, yeah, I'm the husband. <laughs> yeah. All right, back to you, Morgan. I would say pe- by, people wouldn't expect by looking at me is that um, I'm a neuroscientist. You're a congressman? I, yeah, I'd back that up. I mean, I look like a biker. Yeah. Yeah. I, that but, was one of the first things I noticed coming on this podcast is like, wow, Morgan like really knows a lot about the brain. I didn't. Oh, there's a cognitive yeah. neuroscientist. Didn't expect that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. Yeah, I'm cognitive neuroscientist, and I don't. I, even my professors in school were like, are you lost? "Do you work here?" <laughs> <laughs> I had one. I was like, "Are you? Are you in this class?" It was. I mean. It, Back my Most beard. of them are probably scared to say something to you. <laughs> back when, you know back when about? my beard was longer and yeah. Oh, back oh, it was long, long. I remember long, those pictures. Like, yeah, like biker. And I, mean, I was walking out of the bookstore. And anyway, <laughs> that's a good one. Hey, thanks yeah. for your Patreon question. If you want to check that out, Patreon.com/slash Team Never Quit. You can join uh, all the other people who are getting access to exclusive content bonus content, some sweet merch, a cool challenge coin, and a lot more. We have got a great guest in store today. Brian Reese is an Air Force service-disabled veteran and VA disability expert. His personal frustrations with the VA disability process led him to found VA Claims Insider in 2016, which provides veterans with expert education-based resources for successfully submitting or resubmitting winning VA disability claims. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Which is a great person to have on the show because so many veterans listen to our program and and are in need of what you provide before we get into the weeds. Cause I've got a whole laundry list of questions. Man, I, I got some, I'm, yeah. uh, give us a little amplifying information on who Brian Reese is. Good call joining the air force. We all should have done that. I think looking back, we say that regularly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Y'all keep that a secret actually. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm actually from a small town, uh, in Northern Minnesota. Uh, the first of my family to serve in the military, uh, since uh, world war II. And um, I, I joined the Air Force because uh, I got a college hockey scholarship and so ended up at the, uh, at the Air Force Academy. So played four years of, of NCAA uh, Division I ice hockey 
Uh, 2007, we won the first ever conference championship uh, in academy history, which was just totally rad. I mean, it was it was an unbelievable experience uh, to play on that team. Commissioned, uh, I was a procuring contracting officer. So basically, I bought stuff um, and traveled around the United States to different bases, did a tour to Afghanistan in 2011, uh, separated in in 2012. And that's sort of where my uh, frustrations with the VA began, which sort of led the the entrepreneur in me to say, there has to be a solution to fix this problem. Uh, It should not be this difficult for veterans to get their benefits that they've earned. Um, And so we set out on a mission to simplify the process. And uh, here I sit today. All right. Tell everybody, tell everybody the name of the organization out loud real quick. It's called VA Claims Insider. Well, I just want to say, man, that you kind of said that a certain way that I never looked at the military in, in this aspect. But when people, when they get out of high school, they go to college to learn something. You can actually join the military for the same thing, but it, they'll teach you how to do it. That, that's kind of the difference because I explain to people when you look at our uniforms and that's how you can, our skins are different colors because that's how you can tell the branches and everything. But ultimately what it is is one big nuclear family. Cause once you get in, we got a person in every dynamic. We got somebody who works in the gym, p- passes out all the gym equipment. We got somebody who pumps gas. We have lawyers, doctors, account. I mean, anything, anything and everything. Not only that, man, you get, they, they, they teach it to you. You get to road test it. And if, if you're, one of the guys that go in when there's wartime, they send you overseas to try to apply it when, when all, it's all chaos. So if you can get this stuff done when we're in the midst of chaos, you can definitely get it done when, we're, uh, when everything's settled. For so, sure. I mean, I, thanks for pointing that out, man. I don't even know where to dig into this because I have so many questions, but let's, let's, start <laughs> with, let's start with this one. Because I, I, I operate in and around the veteran space, but mostly in healthcare. And I remember going through... Um, I get calls about VA claims all the time. And I've got a, I have what I consider a subject matter expert that if anybody calls me, I'm like, hey, look, I'm going to call my VA guy. His name's JR. It's amazing. I've been doing it for yeah, almost, you know, decades. So he, he has kind of the insight on all things VA. But uh, hmm. I'm fortunate. I ran into this guy and we became friends and he, he was able to help me out. Okay. So. Everybody needs to know that veterans getting out of the military when they try to do the VA claims is just this bureaucratic nightmare, and it's almost impossible to navigate. So when you do turn in your claim, they usually kick it back, and the majority of veterans say, "Okay, well, I guess I guess that's it." Because the veteran has to turn it in. It's like you have to become a, a resident expert right when you get out at your own stuff and how to do that kind of paperwork when they wouldn't even let you anywhere near that the day before when you were in. Like you, you just couldn't show up with that kind of like who don't you have a chief or payoffs supposed to do all this? That's not how it works. But they still run it the same way, and there's got to be a way we can streamline that. So, 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 like, so, so we're trying to clarify for everybody what Brian exactly does. But what would you say first and foremost? Why does this happen? Yeah. So there's really three things that uh, are foundational to what we do and really why we exist. The first thing is veterans typically need to undergo a mindset shift. And what I mean by that is we get a lot of vets who come to us and say, I never filed a claim because I'm not that disabled, right? My brother or sister has it worse than I do. So I don't deserve these benefits. And that's complete bullshit. I mean, that's, that's an absolute lie that we tell ourselves. 
So that the first thing that we do is we really give veterans permission to actually go get the benefits that they've earned for serving their country. So mindset shift is number one. The second thing we see is kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. A veteran will say, hey, I filed a claim and I got denied, so I quit or I gave up. Or I filed a claim and they gave me 40% and I thought that was it, so I just accepted it as fact and, and stopped pursuing it. That's the second reason. The third reason is a veteran will say, I started to look into how to do this and the complexity of the system was so overwhelming, I just gave up yeah. and, and never, never finished. So we really address all three of those areas head on. There's got to be, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier. It, it, you can have a, there's a bunch of rules that go in with everything, but when guys are rotating out, they're just going to be simple, like three of them. That we can remember something that will pull those things together. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're checking into a new command. Being a veteran is a new command. There's all kinds of cool, great things out here that we have access to that no one uses. So they get they get stagnant, and a lot of times people don't even know how to access them. Ultimately, when you check out of the military, your butt better walk over there and check back in right somewhere else. And don't think of it like, oh, you somebody else has got it worse. We know that. It's just accountability. There are there are benefits. You don't have to be hurt to check back in. There's, there's, there's so much stuff that goes with it. Don't, don't think about it like that. We're just getting accountability for all of us. Just I think there is a, in, in my opinion, correct me, on, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Brian. It seems like in order, to, in order to navigate, there's no infrastructure in place. Like when you show up at your command, your first duty station or, your, or second one, there's always somebody there to help you onboard, somebody to help you process through all of this. Yeah, swim but when you do the VA, it's it's really kind of incumbent on the member to say, hey, hey, look. And I know they're trying to start the transition piece while you're exiting the military. It's like, hey, you need to start this VA process here. But again, I don't think that if there's enough focus on that, and and you're, which is something I think we need. You, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely. It's it's you don't think about this, and nobody's telling you about this until it's too late, and you know. I go on video all the time, live YouTube, Facebook, and I say, look, if you're currently wearing the uniform and you're hearing my voice, here's the, here's the number one tip I wish somebody would have told me. Get your butt to the doctor and tell them everything going on. You have to get those things documented mm -hmm. in your military service records before you leave. Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's what we preach for somebody getting out. Yeah, some of the best advice I got from my old salty warrant officers, like if you so much as have a headache, walk into medical and tell them and put it in your record. And from from day one, week one, like Marcus always told me, stay, save every receipt. From yeah. day one, week one, to the, to, from the time <laughs> yeah. that you get out. But you're right, it is it is, it is is kind of our fault. I've heard that, and we were the same way. Like, hey, look, somebody else deserves yeah, it more Especially than when the wars jumped off. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we carried them, but there was just so much going on. And that that kind of and you were like, hey, look, if I if I go tell somebody that I'm hurt, are they gonna let me deploy? Yeah, we'd stay away from it. Ultimately, I mean, there shouldn't be as soon as you rotate out with that veteran card, you walk in anywhere, 
and, and you get taken care of. And then we'll worry about the back end. I know this. As smooth as medical and dental rolled when we were in, and we avoided it. They went in there. There wasn't no line. Like, your ass went in there, got hooked up, and you were out. And they had that document, and it ran so smooth. I don't know where the transition gets lost. That, that ought to be the one thing you don't ever transition out of is your medical and dental. I mean, you just keep yeah. going. I, I, however, we can make that kind of work. Would you agree with that? Because I remember when we were in, man, you didn't have any problems sitting around. They didn't, they didn't like you just sitting around the hospital. No, absolutely. But I think, as, as one of you alluded to, uh, there's a, there's a mental barrier that we have of getting help. And I'll, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I absolutely had sleep apnea back in 2010, 2011, but I just chalked up my sleep problems to mental health issues, stress from the job. So I never actually went in. I mean, I, I didn't even know what sleep apnea was until after I left the service. Well, if you go to try to file a claim for that, you're going to get denied because they're going to say, hey, there's there's no records, there's no evidence in your service treatment records that you had sleep apnea. You've never done a sleep study. So, you know, again, for anyone who's active duty, guard, reserve, if you're hearing my voice, get your butt to the doctor. Nothing is too small. Tell them everything going on. Your, your 50, 60-year-old self is going to thank us because guess what? The human body breaks down and these conditions get worse over time. But if you have them documented initially, you can then go to get benefits for them either now or later if you want to file for increases if those conditions are worse. Yeah, I've been telling guys that, I, that are still in, in the military when they start talking about exiting, I was like, two years. I was like, if you haven't done your due diligence documenting everything that you've been through, you need to start two years out right now with everything or you will you will be behind and you will be left behind and i, quit, for, I tell you like, hey, look, quit quit looking at it as like it's help this yeah. is this is something it's like a retirement plan like if you if you work at some job out here in the civilian world you know you get benefits after you serve for an extended period of time you get your retirement i mean this it's not it's not like we're broke or anything it's just you know what you get for serving your country for for however yeah. long. Well, you check everything else you have to check in from your car. Anything else that operates down here in life deserves to go in and get retuned up. Matter of fact, when you check back in with your command, the medical command, we learn. It's like we are out yeah. there, our own trial and error, our own, you know, avatars out there getting beat down. And when you go back in and check in, they note that in there. That way, if we see it again, we can pass it over to help your buddy out. It's not. Yeah. Is it that you need to look at it like that? It's, it's however it got in there, and I, I get how it got in there because if we were hurt, we couldn't deploy. I understand that. And so, Facts. so yeah, our fault. We need to be better about saying, "Hey, look, this isn't. This is something we we've earned, veterans. You you got all you veterans out there. You've earned this. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's not something that you should not take advantage of. Your second point, you're either denied, or and people need to realize, hey, this is. You're capable of getting a second and third opinion. It's not when you're standing in front of the command and they're like, "Nope," you're like, "Roger that, sir." I'm moving. Oh moving, yeah, move onward. They don't teach that either. It, it's for the younger generation that's getting out, or when you're younger, it, it's it, it's almost as if, "Oh, hey, this is what I got. This is what I got. Hey, this is the card I was dealt. This is what they said." Subject matter experts, the leadership inside the military that did this to me is like, "Okay," but no, you're you're actually headed into the civilian world. Civilian, you need to get multiple opinions on this so keep sure. sending it back you guys you teach you, you teach them to do Part that it, man, first of all them young ones coming out are you're not even supposed to talk 
or talk back. And then you got the officer saying, hey, tell me if anything's wrong. Then you got Gunny going, me little bitches, if you fucking even say anything. So it's it's ingrained in our heads. It's like when someone tells tells a SEAL to quit. We already yeah. tuned you out, man. I mean, they would take us all the way to death and then be like, you want to quit? We're like, no, I can't. I don't want to quit. I want to be. And then so and you need to understand what you're dealing with with our generation and what, what 20 years of war and then cycling operators yeah. on top of new guys coming in. That's a perpetual thing. It's just our job to recycle it. Not yeah. even recycle, retune it. All we need to do is retune it up to our stand, how we operate and how we were taught to operate. Because the outline above us produced one thing, but the, the gauntlet that we had to go through produced this. So each yeah. one of us getting out, man, you, we come back around with a skill set that was specifically designed for this part of it. That's why we're doing this. Has to be, right? I mean, it has to be. This has to be the reason why we have to do this. Absolutely. And, and the, the advice that y'all are giving, Vats, please, please keep doing it. Um, there, there can never be too many of us helping and advocating for our brothers and sisters. Um, but that advice of two years out, you know, absolutely start documenting this stuff. Go to medical, go to dental, get this stuff in your record. That's spot on. Keep, keep giving that advice. Um, you know, here, here's what it was for me. And I, I hear this from so many veterans. Uh, it's, it's like a broken record that just goes round and round. It's, you know, I've heard both of you kind of allude to this. In the military culture, you don't want to be that guy or gal. Right. You don't want to be the one falling out of formation, missing PT. Heaven forbid you're you're non-deployable. You know, you just you don't want that stigma of being weak or broken. And so, you know, you don't you don't go get these resources that are available to you. Um, the other thing that I think is is true, and this is true for me, one of the core values of the Air Force is service before self. And I internalize that to mean service at the expense of self. I took care of everybody else except me. And I didn't realize until it was too late that I was no good to anybody else until I got my own mental and physical conditions under check. And so I, I think there needs to be this refocus in active duty from our leaders to say, look, yeah, you need to focus on you. Because if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. And then you're no good to the mission. And look, I, I think the military culture is starting to, tra to change, but it's been a slow process. And I think it also depends on your service branch. Sure. Well, oh, well, we're, we're not changing. We're growing. I mean, you got a grandfather, father and son to talk about the same fights. That, yeah. That's amazing. How that perpetuates itself. And we feed off each other. It's almost as like, hey, man, those of us in the, old, the older part that had to come into the war in the beginning finally have turned around. To, and I'm a medic. So, so I, this is why I do this, man. It's like we turn back around looking at the younger generation. Uh, you and I could walk into a room with the younger guys and, tell, and, and point out which phase they're in <laughs> when they got out. You, and you know exactly what I'm talking For about. sure. I mean, yep. and, and I think that happens because there's a pathway. I'm like, we cut this path for each other. It's like, well, the one above me did it this way. I don't know any other way. It's almost like the E5 Mafia runs the stuff. Then the LPO. And the <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's set up like that yeah. because, man, we haven't had a, enough time to learn. It's almost like we're just kind of coming out of our cocoon, right? We're learning how this actually is working or how we can make it work. So we're getting to turn around and put all these little things in place for the guys. There, there will be a path. I mean, we're kind of, we're the hybrids, man. We're the, we're the ones that are supposed to develop this.
Absolutely. I think veterans also think, hey, look, I only served four years. I did two years and I did reserves for four years. Uh, I, I never deployed overseas to Afghanistan or Iraq yeah. or Africa or wherever yeah. around the world. So I, I think it's us not educating us. I say, I'm, sp- I'm speaking generalities here, us not educating our brothers and sisters on exactly what they are entitled to. Entitled might not be the best word, but it's the only one I got right now. Hey, don't worry about not going on to some place, man. Tell me where you've been. Because when we tell stories, that's the funniest yeah. part about it. And if you're a veteran, four years, it's like going to the same university. Everybody cheers for that same football team. Don't, don't tell me <laughs> yeah. that you're not a part of this because you had to have been. That's the ride. And the coolest part about being in the military is actually when you get out. I didn't know that. Being a veteran is the, the, the best. We got clubhouses everywhere. Not only that, we're in everything. If, the, yeah. if vets ever decide to make a union out of ourselves – like uniform services kind of a deal. What, what are you even talking about? Like we're in everything. There's no one else can say that. Yeah. And you don't get battle weakened, man. You get battle hardened. And there, there is phases when you're coming out and just know this, man, we're still trying to figure out how to make it work. So if you're having some struggles, that's all right. Right. We yeah. kind of all are just hold the line, you know, hold fast and hold the line and we'll, we'll get this thing ironed out, man, to make it real smooth. There, there is, I think, uh, as you just touched on, we compare ourselves to other veterans. Of course. Right. And, and, you know, people will compare themselves to folks like y'all, right. And say, you know, holy crap, this guy's got this amazing war story and look at what he did. And he's got all these medals and I never even deployed. Right. I only served two years. And so I think we, again, we continue to downplay our military service because we're comparing ourselves to the accomplishments of others. And that's, that's BS. That is it's, right. It's, it's, it's BS. And we need to quit doing that. Yeah. Cause I tell people, I was like, I appreciate that, man. Cause we're, it's like a family in the military. I always considered us a family. If this whole mechanism broke down, you know, we'd be one state, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's kind of how I look at it. So some of our stories, like with my brother and I, the stuff that we got into, trust me, man, you don't want to be in on that one. We don't want to came out of there. And then yeah. so many people got jacked up. I mean, yeah, it, it 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 is what it is, but we need y'all to get that levity back. I mean, some of us did get hung out there a little so, so far that it was like, damn, <laughs> that's all right. That that makes great stories. So where sure. where where do people need to start? I mean, we we kind of we we talked about the timing piece, but let's just let's start with veterans at first. Let's just say somebody got out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're looking to get their 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 VA benefits. Where's the where's a great starting point? Well, I think before you actually go for your VA disability benefits, you need to get enrolled for VA healthcare. So I think you need to get yourself in the VA healthcare system. And how so? How do I we do that? You can do that online at va.gov. I mean, literally, it's like TurboTax for veterans. Okay, um, it's easy. You can enroll online by filling out a questionnaire that takes like less than five minutes. Okay. So va.gov, click enroll in healthcare. You'll see it right on the main page. It takes less than five minutes to get yourself enrolled in VA healthcare. After you get a confirmation that you're enrolled, pick up the phone and call the closest VA facility to you. Get yourself a primary care doctor. Okay, and then what you need to do is you need to make sure that every single condition that you have for military service, 
is documented in a medical record, either in your service records or in your VA medical records. And you need to make sure you have a medical diagnosis. Now I'm going to share why this is important. We get a lot of vets that come to us, especially, you know, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation During Freedom vets. They say, hey, man, you know, I've had PTSD for years and, you know, I've never really sought help for it, but I'm ready to file my claim. And we're like, bro, you don't even have a diagnosis. If you don't have a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder before you file a disability claim, you are going to get denied. So what we tell them is get into VA psychologist, psychiatrist, and get a medical diagnosis of your condition if you don't already have one. That's, that's first and foremost, is get yourself in VA healthcare, get a primary care provider, and get your stuff medically diagnosed in a medical record. Okay, so make sure everybody hears that, because the order of operations is key, and nobody pays attention to it. <laughs> that's true. And then they get yeah. frustrated, and they're like, well, I'm not doing it. I did all of this already. I'm not doing it. And I think yeah. there is another breakdown in the system where it says there, whether it's on the website, whether it lives and breathes somewhere, people out here where we are way out in the country, across the, across the country and all these um, rural areas, people don't know where to find it. People don't know who to talk to. So when they do show up, they're going to have to, and especially the ones that have to drive 100 miles to go to the VA clinic. And they show up and like, yeah. hey, look, I'm ready. They're like, well, you didn't do steps one through five before you started on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, so by you talking through what we're doing here, so keep going. Uh, we'll, we're going to put this man, out. It almost needs out. to be like an, a sports agent. Somebody like, when you're coming out, man, like, hey, I got you. This is happening. I got this for you, this for you. This is where we're going. This is your best. In your area where you want to live, this is your best. Where are we going? This is yeah. the guy we use. Uh, the, I mean, in a perfect scenario, it'd be almost you, you sign up in the, you're for your military services and your last four years, your ass is going to, to back through boot camp, but the opposite direction. You're learning how to go back into civilian life. Not only that, you're going to school and there's going to be a job waiting on you. There's no reason why we can't do that. And that would keep you. you it's almost like you should never get out. Once you sign up to be an, an American serviceman or woman, like you, you're never done till you die. It, it just shouldn't end, and we're all, then we would have accountability. Ulti- and then the the older the elders could could, could really complain. They'd be like, "Hey, man, you know this is one big family. Y'all ain't doing your shit like you're supposed to." Those are the ones that are really missing out, in my opinion. What do you think about? It? I mean, the older generation is not too computer savvy. They just like, "Oh, I got nothing." You know that, I, right? I, like they, the minute you say, "Here, just push your card here and punch that," they're they're like, "No, I can't do that shit, man." Absolutely. I mean, the, I feel sick to my stomach for our Korean vets, our Vietnam vets, and even through Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Um, they've, they've been left behind and kicked to the curb, and they've had no help yeah. getting, the, getting their benefits. And, you know, thankfully, we get to serve lots of them. Yeah. But I know there's millions more that aren't receiving any service, that sure. aren't getting their benefits. Let, let me share this stat with you real quick. So there's roughly 18 to 20 million veterans alive. This study statistics vary, but let's say it's 18 to 20 million veterans are alive in the world today. Less than 25% of them get any VA benefits at all. But the money and everything's already there for them. It's sitting there waiting for them 
they just haven't even applied for it or they don't know how to do it or they got and all the money's still there no one's using it but still the health care is terrible well where you go yeah so va healthcare varies greatly by region i will tell you i've personally had great va healthcare in the Boston regional office. I've had really good VA healthcare here in Austin. Like I, I get that. I, I understand what you're saying. All right. I understand that that's, and that's individual accountability. Like if we were in the military and each unit was saying, well, my unit squared away, but there's shit bags over there. I get that for sure. But yeah, when you're, if you're a civilian watching the news and we got guys and gals dying in a veteran hospital, they don't know that. Oh. It's just one right. big, one big house, one umbrella covers that whole thing. So my point with that is, man, is we can be as squared away as we want, or, or it can not be. I, I just know that we can do that because of what we were capable of with our generation. I just know we can fix that. I, I, I agree. And look, your idea that you just pitched on, you know, veter- we never get out. We just transitioned into a new boot camp called yeah. Civilian Life. Civilian Life, that's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to meet the military veteran before they even take off the uniform and then serve them at every point of life. So if you think about what does a veteran need, right? Well, when they're getting out of the, we're taking off the uniform, they need a job, Yeah. right? Well, how do they go about doing that right now? There's just really nothing that helps them. Hey, they need to get their benefits. They don't have someone leading them through the maze of VA claims, right? Well, then they get married. They might want insurance. Yeah. They don't know what to do that. Oh, now I need banking. Hey, now I'm going to buy my first home and I want to use my VA loan. It's not just medical treatment that they're – everyone thinks when you hear VA, the Veterans Administration, that it's just your medical thing. I mean, there's so many – and benefits. Like, there's benefits that go with what you sign up for. And the more of you that go in and check in, the more accountability we have on each other. That, that's kind of how we, we watch each other's backs. Yep. And you Agreed. said it nice. I mean, it's military service, service to civilian, civilian. You know, and we, we can train ourselves for that. People lose perspective on – Service members, imagine you graduate from high school, you're 18. You've been living with your parents your entire life. People are telling you where to go, school, mandatory, this, that, and the other. And then you transition from high school straight into the military, wherever they tell you where to go, what to wear, where to eat, how to eat. And if you're in there for 20 years and then you're thrust out into the civilian world, what core capabilities are you not familiar with? Living on your own is living in medical, out here. dental, and then um, housing, and then, and then everything, right? Or not? Every, well, and then throw an injury on top of that. Let's just say you have a, a physical or mental injury, right? And then you have the overwhelming force of living in America. I mean, it, it, it can be challenging. And there was man, I had something I wanted to say. Totally kick, kick two things. To add to your statistic about less than 25% of veterans get their benefits, we just finished 20 years of war. Our generation is not there yet. We're coming. Right now, it's Vietnam. It's, it's cleanup on World War II, Vietnam. The um, Korea boys of storms. Korea's, they've got some, storms. Trickle, you know, some sprinkling of the Korean and Wars. The and then now, yeah, the Gulf Wars. And when we start getting old, VA, VA will... That's they why I gotta have this thing that, squared away. That, that Poseidon wave is gonna <laughs> scuttle the veterans' affairs. We're gonna have to rebuild the whole thing. It's gonna break. Right, right. So we already know that. <laughs> yeah. Under the weight of those ahead of us. That's fine. We'll already have the, the the other structure standing by and running when that one does. I mean, you don't ever transas- uh, transition out of anything that when it's going good, it's usually when it's going bad. And then that, and you do have a transition of power. Our generation is coming into the breach. My brother's a prime example of that. 
There's a few yeah. of them ahead of us, right? And that, that's all this is. That's what that's what the transition is. We're coming in and we're setting up our standards and how things are going to run. And so when that one does finally collapse, we're, we're standing by. So we need to put the word out about your organization because everybody goes to TAPS, right? That's where, and I'm pretty sure that's still the only thing, unless you're in like a, spe- a special community that has advo- advocates that help you, but TAPS. So I would encourage anyone exiting the military while you're in TAPS to reach out to Brian's organization just to help navigate those challenging waters because you will look up and you will be out and then you'll be like, I didn't take it serious enough. That's what we hear over and over again. And, you know, a lot of the the same story is I didn't take it serious enough. I didn't even realize I was eligible for these veterans, these benefits. I didn't have somebody guiding me. So I quit. I mean, it's, it's the same story. We all have the same story. Yeah. Well, you got to hear it from somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's how that works, man. It perpetuates itself. Unless for somebody like us to stand around and turn it back around on there and, and, and just stop it and fix it. Not patch it. Fix that damn thing. I'm curious who do you think, like everybody tries, everybody likes to point fingers at the VA. Yeah, it's the VA's fault. It's the VA's fault. And there's so many amazing people that work inside the VA. Right, and they're and they're they're doing their thing. Docs, most of the doctors are amazing. I would say anything and everywhere underneath general counsel. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying there's not <laughs> nepotism and some some political ugliness going on, but I think there is a an intermingling of faults. I think it's our fault is veterans or service members were like, hey, look, I got it. I don't. I'm good. I don't need this. I'm kind of. I got so much going on at work right now. I don't really want to listen to what you have to say because you don't understand what the challenges are in civilian life. Nobody's, no, nobody's going to be standing there to offer you a CEO position. Matter of fact, there's nobody really going to be standing there to offer you a job. Your resumes, they don't translate very well. We don't do our due diligence in teaching people how to interview for jobs. And I know that's kind of coming online, but I, I, I want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't, Say, hey, look, I'm not directly pointing the finger at the VA because uh, it's not necessarily all the VA's fault. No, I agree. Well, and when you got three things that oh, I'm sorry, fault. no. Go, go when you got, got when you can point at three different or two or three different things that are causing problems inside the structure, well, then that means it's locked up. Yeah. You, you got to separate it or, or, or scrap it. It's just something, something happened where it got off kick, and, and, and instead of trying to stop it right then and there, it just kept perpetuating itself. So you got to separate the whole gear and, and put it back together and let it roll smooth again or just redesign it. That's all that is because I would imagine now they're getting to the point to where, well, you know how this plays out. Once you turn around and you start fixing it, VA doesn't really have a face, when you, which means it's on us. So if you point something out, it's like, well, you know what happened, man. I just got ahead of myself or behind myself, and I didn't – I didn't want to do this. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. You're like, man, dude, now, okay, great. You didn't hurt anybody's feelings, but now there ain't nothing left. There's, there's plenty of finger pointing to go around. That's what I'm saying. So you, don't do that. We don't point fingers. Yeah. Don't blame anybody or anything like that. Say, nope. hey, look, man, if we can make this run when it's not supposed to be running and get it done, imagine what we can do when we design something together and make that thing damn run. Can you believe I mean, imagine that. I, look, if, if I were king for a day, I would completely gut and overhaul the VA disability system. I'd take the word disability out of it. I think that's that's a word that turns a lot of veterans off because they don't see themselves as disabled. I'd get rid of it. 
um, I would set up a system similar to how we prepare and file our own taxes. So when, as you're transitioning out, you self-select the disabilities that you have. You have someone over your shoulder, you submit it, and you get a certain disability rating the moment you're out. Yeah. Sub- subject to future audit. I'd get rid of this whole CNP exam system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's what I would do. I would gut the entire system. But look, some systems inside the government are not built to change. And I'm going to take that a step further. They can't change. Okay. The reason that they can't change is because there's too many jobs on the line. (laughs) There's too many multi-billion dollar contracts that would go away. And I mean, you'd, you'd have a whole bunch of people out of work. So yeah, I, yeah, well, I've, 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 they don't go away. I've, I've had discussions. They don't go away if they're there. I've had discussions on that, uh, that exact topic. And I think that if you were to sunset, let's just say 10 years, I say, hey, look, we're not going to gut and completely dismantle this tomorrow. If you were to put a sunset clause on, it's like in 10 years, totally speaking hypotheticals here, in 10 sure. years, this is how the system will be changed. And then go from there. And the military, you could do it like an operational, like when you rotate us. I mean, it could change every time you rotate the staff out. A lot of things I get hit in the military, that's the one thing we don't do is you don't have one person running the show the whole time. Uh, For sure. So at the federal level, when you are a federal employee, you're dug in. You're not going anywhere. Can't fire you. No. You, You literally cannot fire them. They just... So anything and that gets tenured each, in somewhere that's there forever. Each administration has done great about, this is something I learned when I was at D.C., each administration has done well about digging in and putting people in place in all these different departments that, that they'll never go away. So as the administrations cycle, you have pockets yeah, of politically driven individuals that they could, care sure. le- could care less about. Oh, so no matter, no matter what you drop in there, it's always going to be the same. So let, let me let me let me share what I mean. So, and I don't disagree that something like that could work, right? But think of who has all the power in D.C. when it comes to veterans. General Counsel, the General Counsel, and the big five or six veteran service organizations. DAV, VFW, American Legion, Wounded Warrior, AMVETS, there's a handful of them. They have all the power in Washington. They drive all the bills. They're creating systems that self-perpetuate to benefit themselves. So imagine if the disability system that I was talking about creating was actually put in place. It would make all the veteran service organizations irrelevant. They would no longer have thousands of advisors. They'd no longer look attractive to raise funds, <laughs> right? They raise hundreds of millions of dollars a year. The well, well, yeah, well, they would. Exam, Go ahead. The CNP exam system is operated by four companies. I think two of them are CEOs, are former VA secretaries. <laughs> they're on they're on multi billion dollar contracts that employ thousands of healthcare providers around the world to administer CNP exams. You've got 10,000 plus federal employees at the VBA, the Veterans Benefits Administration, working in that system. If, if you were to push a button, even in five or 10 years, to enact a system that benefits the veteran, power, money, all of those organizations die. 
They're all replaced. They're irrelevant. Do you really think our elected officials are going to let that we need, we need to get somebody to run, well, run for Congress who can fix this. All, all those organizations that you <laughs> talked, you spoke <laughs> about, though. Wait, I so, know of so, a guy. I know of a guy. <laughs> so all the organizations that you spoke about, there are all veterans. Right? So it's us. Supposed to be. No, no, that is not true. Oh, they're not veterans. <laughs> no, that is absolutely not true. So that's the problem. You got, a, you got, a, you don't have a veteran running a veteran. Uh, it's, they don't speak the same language. Guys, here, I'm going to share this because this is just crazy. I just learned this last year. Do you know that to become the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dennis McDonough is the current VA Secretary. Mm-hmm. To get confirmed, your interview is actually chaired by the leaders of those big five veteran service organizations. If they say no, you don't get appointed. That's how much power they have in Washington. So we have our own mafia. For five, sure. five families. Well, those organizations do. I didn't know that. That's wild. It's crazy. So, so look, here, here's another plug. We need veterans to step up and run for public office. I did know about that. Texas I mean, has already greenlit on. the SEAL incursion. So yeah. everybody else needs to get in there. When I was working at the DOE, <laughs> I, I, we were working across the street with the VA to, to, to do some data analytics stuff. And I was working at, at a level right above GC, right above general counsel. You know how many of them were veterans? Out of the dozens and dozens I worked with, not one. Not one. Not one veteran. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, how, how can you know what's best for veterans if you don't have veterans? If you don't have skin in the game. The, it's crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I dealt with that firsthand, face-to-face. I wonder everybody's always pissed off. I'm going for that. I'm going for the VA committee in Congress when I get elected. Hey, I'm voting for you. All right, brothers and sisters, get your butts <laughs> out of bed. Get the clothes back on. Stretch and, out uh, a little bit. Get back in the, get want, back in the I'm, game. I'm putting it. I'm putting it. I'm putting yeah. <laughs> Y'all suit your asses back up, man. Apparently the... They're messing it up up there. We got to get back to work. I want a consortium or a committee full of veterans for to to you know Brian Talley. You met him yet? I have not. He actually he actually lobbied for his own bill by himself. Oh yeah, in DC, it flew to DC. Was a, is a Marine, former Marine, prior Marine, veteran Marine, whatever call themselves now. And Marine, fought just, just tongue Marine. and treat teak day to day to day to day because VA was just raping him. And got his got a bill got bills passed that holds doctors accountable for malpractice now called the tally bill. It's amazing. But anyway, I say that because I'm putting subject matter experts together while I'm up there so that I can help fix this problem. Yeah. Not to get awesome. poli- not to get plus political if you got a veterans thing. running veteran organizations when we get in to talk about what we need to fix we can actually yell at each other and get something done because then we just you know we, we can get we we can talk communicate yeah. Yeah. if they can send a handful of us overseas to countries that that want to kill us and don't speak the same language and we can get stuff done over there. We can definitely get it done here. The other thing we need, and, and look, I, I love it. We need private industry to partner with these government organizations to help them move faster and break things. Ooh. Government, government agencies. I, I used to work in one. When I got out of the United States Air Force, I became a Department of the Air Force civilian for DAF, DOD. I mean, we just had perpetuation after perpetuation of broken systems and processes over the years. Nobody, nobody could think of new solutions. 
to old problems. All we did is address those things using the same crappy thinking that we had 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Government organizations are not built for radical innovation. They're not. And part of the reason is because its leaders are not incentivized to take risks that are going to drive radical changes. Why? Because they don't get promoted. Well, if they solve, they oh, yeah, and well, if they, oh, if oh, they, right. if they got, solve problems, hold on now, hold on now. You got to give them this, the man. When we <laughs> implement a program into the government, it should be the best one we got. So you can't change it just off a radical whim. It should be the finest, smoothest running thing up there. And when people get put into that position, your job is to hold that damn line. We are our government. Our government is our people, so to speak. So to not look at it like that as well is, is I mean, yeah, you can yell at them all day long, but we actually implemented that program to, to, to run so efficiently that you just can't tear it down on a whim. No, 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 no. So and whatever it's metastasized into now. The problem that exists in Washington, D.C. right now are programs are being created, social programs, social agendas are being created in Washington, D.C. away from the subject matter experts. Well, I'm not talking about them. I was talking well, about that's the, what's happening. Like we yeah. have people creating VA programs that aren't veterans. That's what They're I'm talking about. They're not yeah. down uh, yeah, all right. here I agree with listening sure, sure. to what we're saying. Yeah. You know, 100%. If, if, I was the v, if I were the VA secretary, you know what I would do? I would call Elon Musk and I would ask him to come up and help me solve our problems. And I would quit listening to these leaders who have spent 30 plus years in the bureaucracy who get promoted for doing nothing but keep the status quo going. Yeah. That's what happens in government agencies. You get promoted by just keeping the status quo going. Right. And that's why there's never any change. Yeah, nothing making it better is not a big deal. Holding holding it's one thing. That's what you get you get jobs to do. If it goes underneath that, yeah, you get scrapped. I get it. It's all about money at the end. For sure. Brian, I have I'll a question. Money. Is it ever too late for a veteran to get their benefits, to get extra help, to talk to someone like you, to, to take advantage of everything that they've worked for? It's never too late. Never, ever. And, and here's what we preach. The VA disability process, the VA benefits process is never over unless you quit. And when you work with us, that's part of why we have a coaching model. The reason veterans need a coach is for accountability. Yeah. The one thing we suck at we suck at being accountable and getting things done without somebody helping us or cheering for us. Yeah. That's why we pair a coach with a veteran. So there's accountability to get their claim in and get it done. It's awesome. Brian, why don't you tell us what you've got going on now? I know that you've got a book that I don't know. Is it released already? It's out. Yeah, it was released uh, actually at this time last year. Man, that's, that's awesome. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about that? What else you've got going on and how our, our, um, fan base can support you and what you've got going on. Uh, thanks. So uh, yeah, last year about this time, I released a, a book called You Deserve It, The Definitive Guide to Getting the Veteran Benefits You've Earned. It's broken down into four sections. So chapter uh, section one is all about your VA benefits. Um, section two is all about the incredible veteran benefits available to you in your state. Uh, Texas has a ton of them. I'll just share one example. If you're a 100% service-disabled veteran in Texas, you pay zero property taxes on your primary residence. God bless Texas. How about that, brother? A amen. That What's is up? an unbelievable advantage. You know what? There's, a, there's millions of veterans who don't even know that they're eligible for a tax break or a complete property tax exemption 
on their primary residence. Yeah, so I I want, all all veterans need to move to Texas. I, I, I'm yeah, putting that I mean, word Texas out. Is, yeah, we, Texas, we're starting our thing. Now, come on. Texas has the most uh, favorable veteran benefits, period. That's Florida right. second. That's why we're, we're starting news like right. a Sparta thing the out state, here, man. Just come on, the bring th- it. The third thing is I've made a list of for-profit military and veteran discounts every day. I talk about a variety of the best nonprofits that are available to help veterans. It's organized by subject. Um, and then there's a whole section on bonus resources. There's free videos. There's free digital downloads. Um, and so basically, it's it's the Veteran Benefits Bible packaged into a single volume. So that's the book. Um, if you need some help with your disability benefits, if you've been denied, if you're stuck, frustrated, underrated, uh, we can help you. Veterans can start for free in our program, and we only collect a fee if we help you win your claim and get a higher rating. Okay, right. so we work on a contingent fee. So do you have a like an app that, that like a step by step program? They touch that sucker, it pulls up, it's like, hey, welcome. This Brian is what we're gonna do, man. I need you to call this guy, this this kind of person, and then like a line by line deal. Yeah. So here's what we did. We said, look, we need to simplify the VA process. So what we did is we created an eight step process. Uh, yeah. That's that's kicked off over thirty days. You do it with a coach. You get access to our proprietary tech platform, and it's a checklist. And that's all they need. You, that's all that something that's keep in their damn back pocket with a, a mark and check that sucker off. Like right, it's a checklist. Uh, oh yeah, and, right. And when you've done it, right, it says upload your DD two fourteen. Yeah. When you've done it, you check it and it turns green. If you haven't done it, it stays red and you get a reminder. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey man, thanks for everything you do. By the way, I mean seriously, thanks for stepping into that because you know most people. This is just, frustrating. Yeah. You're welcome. But, but not it's, only it's did my honor. did you go around, I mean, through it, man, you kind of redeveloped the program, and that's what got, I mean, right right on, man. That's not only honorable, bro. That's that's freaking squared away, man. Hey, Brian, one more time. What's the website for everyone listening out there? VAClaimsInsider.com. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Brian, brother. thanks, man. Hey, have a man. blessed day, buddy. God bless you, brother. Awesome interview. Gentlemen, thanks so much. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.